1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the BlackBerry Third Quarter Fiscal Year 2022 Results Conference Call. My name is Charlie, and I will be your conference moderator for today's call. During the presentation, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. We will be facilitating a reap question and answer session towards the end of the conference. Should you need assistance during the call, please signal a conference specialist by pressing star zero. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded for replay purposes. I would now like to turn the call over to Tim Foote, BlackBerry Investor Relations. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, Charlie. Good afternoon and welcome to BlackBerry's third quarter fiscal 2022 earnings conference call. With me on the call today are Executive Chair and Chief Executive Officer, John Chen, and Chief Financial Officer, Steve Ray. After I read our cautionary note regarding forward-looking statements, John will provide a business update, and Steve will review the financial results. We will then open the call for a brief Q&A session. This call is available to the general public via call-in numbers and via webcast in the Investor Information section at BlackBerry.com. A replay will also be available on the BlackBerry.com website. Some of the statements we'll be making today constitute forward-looking statements and are made pursuant to the safe harbour provisions of applicable US and Canadian securities laws. We'll indicate forward-looking statements by using words such as expect, will, should, model, intend, believe, and similar expressions. Forward-looking statements are based on estimates and assumptions made by the company in light of its experience and its perception of historical trends, current conditions, and expected future developments, as well as other factors that the company believes are relevant. Many factors could cause the company's actual results or performance to differ materially from those expressed or implied by the forward-looking statements. These factors include the risk factors that are discussed in the company's annual filings and MD&A, including the COVID-19 pandemic. You should not place undue reliance on the company's forward-looking statements. The company has no intention and undertakes no obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statements, except as required by law. As is customary during the call, John and Steve will reference non-GAAP numbers in their summary of our quarterly results. For reconciliation between our GAAP and non-GAAP numbers, please see the earnings press release published earlier today. Which is available on the Edgar, Cedar, and BlackBerry.com websites. And with that, I'll turn the call over to John. Um,
3: <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining the call today. Uh, I'm pleased to report that this quarter we deliver solid sequential billings and revenue growth in both our IoT and cyber business unit and at beast expectations. I'm also pleased that despite our, on our ongoing investment to grow the top line, EPS come in much better than expected. Uh, Let me start my review with the IoT business unit. Revenue was 43 million, representing a 34% free fall, 34% year over year growth, although noting that last year was heavily impacted by the pandemic. Gross margin was 81% and IoT AR increased to 91 million. This is now the third consecutive quarter in which ARR has increased. <clears throat> this was a very positive quarter for QNX, driven by continued strength in design wins activities. We achieved record quarterly revenue from development seat, license, as well as associated professional services. In fact, um, demand is so strong right now that we're expanding our professional services team by hiring additional heads into QNX. In addition to the near-term revenue benefit, these strong design wins, serves as a positive leading indicator of the longer-term health of the QNX business overall. Once completed, obviously, these designs will move into production and generate royalty revenue in future quarters. In terms of production-based royalty this quarter, we saw a modest increase compared to Q2. While we expect the auto industry supply chain issues to remain a meaningful headwind to vehicle production volumes through the end of this fiscal year and as well into twenty twenty two. We see the impact on QNX gradually lessening, including an improvement in Q three versus Q in Q four versus Q three. I will now provide additional colours around the design wins in the quarter. The continuous strength we are experiencing is further evidence of our leadership position in auto. We are certainly not taking this position for granted and continue to invest in all aspects of the business. In the quarter, we have a major win with BMW. BMW entered a multi-year agreement with us to develop new Level 2 and 2 Plus Autonomous Drive system on QNX for makes and models across the entire BMW group. Autonomous Drive is the clearest example of safety-critical software application in a car which as you know, is the most defensible attributes of QNX. BMW selected QNX because of our deep expertise and strong track records in safety, reliability, as well as security. In addition to licensing our technology, we will be providing a professional services team to support BMW in their aggressive development timeline. Other auto wins include a major new design for our acoustic middleware, one of our higher ASP products. We also had a number of ADARs, Advanced Driver Assist, sorry, ADARs, Gateway and Digital cockpit Design wins with leading OEM and Tier 1. In Q3, we have a total of 11 new auto design wins and 13 wins in the general embedded market. JAM, the general embedded market, wins included a number of medical applications such as a infectious DC diagnostic platform, as well as a next generation robotic surgical arm. Well, we also have wins in industrial application as well as aviation, including an engine simulator with a leading aerospace company. With any luck, we'll also be able to share details of further significant auto design wins with you all at the CES in January. Uh, A word on product development, During the quarter, Google, Qualcomm, and BlackBerry, three of the leaders in the autonomous digital cockpit, announced a collaboration to build a chipset that allows BlackBerry's hypervisor to seamlessly integrate with Android Automotive. We are already seeing the results, securing the first design wins for this technology with a major European OEM in the quarter. Previously, to develop a digital cockpit, with an Android automotive infotainment system running alongside safety critical application on a single chip will require hundreds of hours of expert developer time for building custom iterations. This collaboration takes care of this for the customers, saving them both cost and time to market as well as delivering a higher quality product. The auto industry continues to move towards consolidation, particularly consolidating the digital copies with this uh, consolidating digital carpets. With this position, QNX is even strong, we be, be, be even more strong in, in that space given the safety requirements. This provides the potential to win additional designs that will include both our hypervisor and our RTOS, our QNX operating system. Turning to the Q4 outlook for the IoT business, the strength we have seen in design activities is expected to continue into Q4 and we anticipate a slight easing in supply chain headwinds. As a result, our outlook is for a further sequential revenue growth and for Q4 revenue to be in the range of 50 to 55 million, returning to the pre-pandemic run rate. We feel very good about the IoT business right now, but investors should keep in mind that the auto industry production headwinds. I will now um, provide a brief update on Ivy, Uh, We released the early SS version of IVY in October, as we have previously targeted. This version has been released to a small number of ecosystem partners and will form the basis of our product administration at CES in January. This quarter, our co-development partner, AWS, announced the launch of a complementary product for IVY called AWS IoT FreeWise. While Ivy is, IV is cloud agnostic and can work with any major cloud provider, AWS IoT FleetWise is a microservice that allows IV Insights to be efficiently and intelligently uploaded to the AWS cloud where they could support cloud-side applications. Another significant development for Ivy is, is Bosch, the world's largest auto Tier 1 supplier, announced that their, that their new corporate integration platform will support Ivy. This platform is built on QNX, RTOS, and Hypervisor, showing the potential for upselling Ivy in future design to the large and growing QNX install base. Our main focus for Ivy right now is to, on securing POC, proof of concepts, and we are hopeful that we can announce some in the near future. Overall, we appreciate the progress being made. Let me, let me now move to the cyber side of business. This quarter, we delivered sequential billings and revenue growth for the second consecutive quarter. Revenue was 128 million, gross margin was 59%, AR was 358 million, dollar-based net retention was 95%. We saw continuous growth in pipeline for our unified endpoint security products, in particularly our managed service offering, Guard. We're excited. We are very excited about how our products perform in head-to-head bake-off against other next-gen competitor this quarter. When we got to a POC, our technology performs well, as illustrated by competitor wins against CloudStrike and Sentinel-1, as well as other older signature-based players like Microsoft, McAfee, and Symantec. Among these wins was another top-ten global automaker, Building on the win of the top 10 OEM we told you about last quarter. Other notable competitive wins include an international banking group, a leading European financial services firm, and a global marketing agency. In addition to success with large, larger companies, we're seeing a lot of interest from small and medium-sized business too. And this will continue to be an area of focus for us as the market opportunity is large. Our automated protect and guard managed service offerings really resonate with small and medium sized companies that don't have a large security infrastructure. POC often involve customers performing vigorous testing of our product against the competitors one and the success we are having in illustrating our competitive advantage. Uh, let me highlight a few of those key ones. The first is our, is our focus on prevention with customer testing demonstrating that we stop threats pre-execution. This contrasts to the EDR approach that aims to remediate threats after the fact. The second is artificial intelligence. Whereas for other AI is relatively new and even an optional feature, our silence AI engine is central to our technology. It is the most mature in the market, having learned from the analysis of trillions of files and literally identify over 20 billion characteristics. The third advantage we have is our EPP works both offline and online. Our protection endpoints are protected 24/7 and don't rely don't rely on cloud connection, which is of course cloud connection be, could be very expensive. Fourth, we protect mobile. Nobody in this space knows mobile is better than BlackBerry. I hope you agree with that. And it is rapidly becoming one of the largest threat surfaces. These four attributes differentiate BlackBerry security offerings from the competitor. Um, I'm I'm sure you all heard about the major security incidents known as lock four shell, which CSER has classified at the maximum level 10 for severity. This relates to major vulnerabilities in Apache, Apache log4j java library extensively used by the industry let me provide you with an update from a blackberry perspective this is obviously a rapidly evolving situation and unlike many software companies who are still struggling to understand the impact we track and categorize our product portfolio open source software content this means that we're able to very quickly identify which of our product uses this library and create mitigation and release patches as the threats evolve. We can confirm that none of our core products, namely Protect, Optics, UEM, QNX, RTOS, and Hypervisor, none of those products are negatively impacted by these vulnerabilities. Furthermore, our suite of cyber products, particularly our Protect EPP, and Guard Managed Service, can help customer prevent malware and ransomware that back actors could try to execute using these vulnerabilities. Now for a brief update on key partnerships. In recent quarters we have released a number of new products and announced partnership that expand our extended detection and response offering or XDR. In the quarter we were excited to announce partnership with Okta and Minecast as well as as well as Cyber Stellar Cyber and XM Cyber. And then a significant XDR partnership is with Exabeam, the leading next-gen SIM provider. This partnership allows us to greatly improve both contacts and visibility of threats by adding telemetry data from hundreds of network integration to our guard-managed XDR service. Managed XDR is a strong market opportunity given the complexity of managing threat across the network. Finally, we are pleased that during the quarter, SE Labs, a leading leading independent cybersecurity research firm, ranked BlackBerry as the best new endpoint protection solution of 2021. Um, A few works on customer wins. Across the business units, our key vertical this quarter were government banking and insurance. In government, we close business with some of the world's leading governments and government agencies, including the U.S. Navy, who became a new secure voice customer. The Department of Homeland Security, the Dutch government, the U.S. Department of Education, which was, happened to be a new logo wins for hoc, the spacing of key competitors, as well as Scottish government, U.S. Central Command, the Federal Aviation Authority, FAA, and the IRS, just to name a few. Moving to the outlook for the cyber business, we expect continued sequential building growth in Q4 and for Q4 revenue to be in the range of 125 to 135 million. As previously indicated, I think I said it last quarter, closing certain large government deal in Q4 will be important. Moving on to licensing. As you know, we have been in a negotiation regarding the sale of our non-core portion of our IP patent portfolio. This process is taking much longer than we had hoped. And trust me, I share the frustration about the timeline. Negotiations are very close to a conclusion and we are literally down to the last few important items now. Both parties are working hard to get this finished and we expect to reach a definitive agreement, agreement very soon. We will provide shareholders an update on progress in January. In the quarter, licensing revenue was 13 million and gross margin was 54%. This beats expectation for the quarter. Should the sales reach a definitive agreement in January, we will suspend monetization activity and therefore expect Q4 revenue to be close to zero. However, if not, then we'll continue to expect revenue to be around the 10 million mark for the quarter. I'll, I'll now hand over to Steve to provide additional colors on the financial.
4: Thank you, John. My comments on our financial performance for the third quarter will be in non-GAAP terms unless otherwise noted. Please refer to the supplemental table in the press release for the GAAP and non-GAAP details. We delivered third quarter total company revenue of 184 million. Third quarter total company gross margin was 64%. Our non-GAAP gross margin exclude stock compensation expense of $1 million, and our third quarter operating expenses were $142 million. Our non-GAAP operating expenses exclude $29 million in amortization of acquired intangibles, $5 million in stock compensation expense, and a $110 million fair value gain on the convertible debentures. Given our ongoing investment towards driving top-line growth in our core IoT and cyber businesses, the third-quarter non-GAAP operating loss was $24 million, and the third-quarter non-GAAP net loss was $1 million. We recorded a non-operating gain of $25 million as a result of gains realized in two legacy venture investment funds that make up the majority of the long-term investment balance on our balance sheet, uh, related to this gain, these underlying uh, the, the investments underlying these funds, um, you know, represent a passive interest we had, which were sold, and we received a distribution, uh, cash distribution of approximately 35 million during the quarter. Non-GAAP earnings per share was break-even in the quarter. Our adjusted EBITDA was negative 8 million this quarter, excluding the non-GAAP adjustments previously mentioned. I will now provide a breakdown of our revenue in the quarter. Cybersecurity revenue was 128 million and IoT revenue was 43 million. Software product revenue remained in the range of 80 to 85% of the total with professional services comprising the balance. The recurring portion of software product revenue remained at approximately 80%. Licensing and other revenue was 13 million, given the limitations to our monetization activities uh, due to the, the potential IP portfolio sale. Now moving to our balance sheet and cash flow performance, Total cash, cash equivalents and investments were 772 million as at November 30th, 2021, remaining consistent during the quarter. Our net cash position remained at 407 million. Again, given our investment in our core software businesses, third quarter free cash flow was negative 21 million. Uh, cash used by operations was 19 million. And capital expenditures were $2 million. That concludes my comments, and I'll, I'll now turn it back to John.
3: Thanks, Steve. Uh, before I move to the Q&A, um, let me summarize the key points for the quarter. <clears throat> we're pleased with how our new organization structure is executing right now. We saw strength in design activities for our q and business, achieving a record quarter for design-related revenue, and it looks like it will continue. Macro supply chain headwinds are still impacting vehicle production, but we see an improvement picture heading into Q4. We make good progress with IV, including releasing the early access version of the product. On the cyber side, we again see sequential growth in billings and revenue, including more head-to-head wins against our key competitors. The ongoing lock shell incident is a great example of, of the huge cyber market, cyber market opportunity and also showcase our capabilities. While others are struggling to identify the impact on their products from open source code, we are responding rapidly and effectively. Overall, BlackBerry delivers solid progress. We've delivered solid progress, beating both revenue and earnings expectations for the quarter. So, Charlie, um, please uh, start the process of Q&A.
1: Sure, no problem, sir. And we will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press a star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your line is unmuted. Again, press a star 1 to ask a question. We'll pause for just a moment to allow everyone an opportunity to signal for a question. And we request that you limit yourself to one question and one follow-up.
5: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Our first question from today will be from Daniel Chen with TD Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, Dan. Hi, guys. Hi, John. Hi. Um, can you provide any color on their
3: cybersecurity ARR? It looks like it declined to $358 million from $364 quarter over quarter. Just wondering if there's any churn and which products uh, may have been affected and um, maybe if any products are showing outside strength. Yeah, we have a um, positive surprise uh, with a higher revenue came in, more, more than we expected from um, from uh, Seki smart product. Um, so that that has, that is principally drive, drove the the numbers that you saw. Okay. And then, um, the guidance that you provided for next quarter, uh, what are the puts and, and takes, uh, in that guidance? Thank you. Um, yeah, so, so uh, let me just break it into two pieces, you know, IOT versus cyber. Um, in the IOT side, um, you know, touch wood, I think we're all feeling pretty good about it. Uh, you're going to go, let's, as I said, we're going to get back to pre, pre-pandemic level. Um, design wins are good. Uh, that brings, uh, we have a good pipeline for professional, a backlog of professional services to help the customers to de- deploy our technology as well as the developer seat. Um, and, and as I said earlier, the royalty we expect to uptick a little bit from Q3. So that kind of composed the map for the, you know, for the guidance between 50 to 55 million. Um, feel okay about that. Uh, you know, don't, don't 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 want to jinx it, but it looks okay. Uh, on the cyber side, um, it relies on a, 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 a number of deals uh, that are quite big uh, from the from the government side, from a revenue perspective. Uh, because of the fact that we expect these to close a little later in the quarter, so the revenue contribution will not be as big as is obviously in the beginning of the quarter, but the the buildings will look fine. Thanks, John. Happy Holidays. Sure, sure, Dan.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Trip Chaudhary with Global Equities Research. Please go ahead. Oh, hi.
0: Hello, thank you. Uh, Very good execution uh, on the quarter. Few things I would be interested in related to IV platform. Uh, you had the early access program almost now for two months. Any specific uh, data points you would like to share, maybe in terms of downloads, applications, or partners, any reaction? And then I yeah. have a follow-up question.
3: Okay. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, we, we are course release it to the application partners and a handful of OEMs. Uh, comment, manufacturer. Uh, the feedback was very positive. Um, as I said earlier, we're going to use that as the basis of our demonstration or our, and our talk at um, at uh, CES uh, at our booth. And we're also going to digit digitize and and stream that that those sessions. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, so positive response. Um, lots to do, a lot of activities going on. The application, as you know, um, we have announced a few applications. I hope, I can't promise every single one of them you will see at our booth. But, you know, we have the battery management systems, uh, we have a car as a wallet, um, we have other um, uh, uh, ride share uh, applications. So, so I don't know whether every single one of them will make it to our booth, but I expect quite a number of them will. And, and you also you see a cockpit, at... you also see a carpet by the way, sorry, Trip. You, always, you also will see a carpet that will collaborate with, um, with Amazon or AWS. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Then also, uh, if we look at the new generation EV players and also the old guard of uh, automobile players, they seem to be uh, now getting on the bandwagon of over-the-air updates. I was wondering, does your platform, whether it's IV or QNX, provide over-the-air updates um, just out of the box?
3: Yes. Uh, QNX has an option on OTA. Of course, IV has to have the OTA. Um, the, the, the physical link is, is the simple thing, and we do have it. Um, and the, the more important thing that I talked about earlier about the the new AWS, uh, uh, the new Amazon releases called uh, Streetwise, um, allow a, uh, a logical link between the edge uh, of the car to the cloud, and we're, we're we're taking advantage of that microservice. So so yes, we do we do both. It's obviously both ways, you know, from the cloud to the car and the vice versa. So so from data and code, we do have OTA. Already, already existed.
0: Very good. So looking forward to seeing your announcements at the CES show. Oh, great. Thank, Thank,
3: you. You, Thank you, Thanks.
1: Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Mike Walkley with Canaccord. Please go ahead. Hey, Mike. Hi.
3: Hey, guys. Uh, good afternoon. This is actually Daniel on for Mike. Uh, thanks for taking okay. my questions. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess um, with, uh, you know,
4: John uh, Giaveteo joining uh, your uh, cybersecurity unit last quarter. Just wanted to see uh, how the productivity of your um, investments and in your quota carrying sales reps are trending in this area of your business. And how should we think about maybe some of the
3: sustained investments as we move into uh, 23? Mm. Good, Good question. Uh, John Join us, and the exciting part of that is that John has enormous experience in the cybersecurity market. Um, he ran a $3 billion business as a president of CRO of McAfee before. Um, and so, you know, he's very relevant, and he brings in a lot of relationship, um, and particularly with customers and partners. Um, so that's very good. And he knows how to make salespeople successful in a cyber world. Um, so uh, I, I don't know how to describe productivity. But I could tell you one data point um, that today, we have 10% more uh, quota carrier, we call, we call it direct quota carrier. We have 10% more direct quota carrier uh, than a year ago. or oh, the beginning of the year, sorry. Than the beginning of the, the year. Uh, we did the math that way. So, um, and, and the productivity, uh, we will start seeing that as a lot of them are new, because we recently hired them, uh, we would see those uh, coming in the next few quarters. Now, if you think about a sales cycle, let's say two to maybe three quarters, quarter three, um, I should be seeing some results uh, in, a, in, a, in either the second quarter or the third quarter of next year. Okay. Great. Thanks for the details, John. And. Um, Yeah, I guess, uh, just as a follow-up, so you noted
4: you saw further pipeline growth within cybersecurity, and you also expect sequential sequential buildings growth uh, in Q4. Um, Mm -hmm. When should we expect this to start
3: uh, showing up in ARR? Oh, well, uh, next year, I hope. um, So uh, I, I, I feel pretty good about mathematically that we're looking for a good ARR growth next year. Okay, great, thanks for the details.
1: Sure. Thank you. As a reminder to ask a question, you will need to press a star one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Paul Treiber with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hey, Paul.
5: Hey, hey John. Uh, hey,
4: Paul. I you... hey, uh, Within IoT, I mean, it seems like you're quite uh, upbeat on the design win-related uh, revenue, like developer seats uh, and professional services. What's the typical gap uh, between, like, in duration between professional services work and when it goes into production? And then also, is there a ratio, um, but like, for every dollar of professional services and design, uh, so developer seats, to ultimate the the royalty revenue that you may see?
3: No, there's no, um, it's, there's really no direct ratio. Um, it's really, uh, I, you know, some, some OEM uh, wants a very aggressive development schedules. Uh, so they used to, in that case, they will ask us to provide some expertise. Um, and, of course, we, under the professional services program, uh, and then they will typically buy a, a, a higher number of developer seats uh, because they, have, they want to put more engineers on it in parallel. Some want to do it a little bit more sequentially. Uh, I would tell you that if you ask our folks um, that we're seeing the former, the people are more aggressive with time timeline than not because whether you're, you're, whether you're an autonomous vehicle design or whether you're in the electric vehicle design or the combination of both. Uh, competition is heating up in the auto industry, as you all know. So time to market is important to them, unlike the kind of the old rule of thumb that a, a new model come out in the last 10 years. Uh, and you know, it usually takes five to seven years uh, to get the new model out from conception to production. Uh, you know, I think those are very much collapsed uh, partly because by you know players like Tesla of the world and a lot of the chinese players their sell, their their development cycle and sales cycle are a lot shorter or the manufacturing cycle so there isn't really a a you know, you buy more developer seed and therefore you have a long bigger bigger production uh, royalty. I don't think there's a real real um, a cause and effect there um, or relationship there uh, now typically as I said. We see, a, we see a developer, a win, and then a developer a seed licenses as well as uh, a professional service. Usually, you add about three years down, you start seeing production. Um, nowadays, I have seen numbers that are a little bit, or plans, I shouldn't say numbers, plans are a little bit more aggressive than that. But a, a typical cycle would be three to five years from win to seeing the royalties start growing. And once the royalties start flowing, usually lasts the excess of seven years. Okay, thank you. That's that's helpful.
4: Just one follow-up question: um, sales and marketing. You know, I, I, I was under the impression that you're planning to to ramp it up, you know, more significantly. Uh, you know, and it's been uh, you know flat this past quarter. How should we think about sales and marketing spending from here?
3: Yeah, sales and marketing will. We'll definitely ramp up. uh, uh, I could tell you, John, John, Joe, on cyber side, um, we don't do as much of marketing in uh, QNX or IoT um, because, you know, especially in the auto space and some of the jam vertical, we we are already a reasonably known known name and known entity, so we don't we don't need to do as much on cyber. As you know, we need to do quite a bit. Um, so, uh, and John is very, John G is very focused on it. So we, um, you know, you, you would see that going, going up and, and going up quite a bit, um, in fact. Okay, thank you for taking my questions.
1: Sure. And we have no further question at this time. I would like to turn the call back over to John Chen, Executive, Executive Chair and CEO of BlackBerry, for closing remarks.
3: Thank you, Charlene. Uh, okay, thank you, everybody. And uh, as we mentioned, we're participating at CES in Las Vegas in January. The focus will be on IoT business and how it addresses the benefit from the key trend in edge computing. No doubt a key highlight will be the demonstration of our IV technology, including the illustrating how IV use edge computing to create insight for sensor data, both hardware and software defined sensor. We will be hosting a hybrid in-person and live stream demonstration of the IB technology, followed by an investor Q&A session with Matthias Erickson, the president of the BlackBerry IoT Group, at 8 a.m. Pacific on Thursday, January the 6th. We'll be releasing more details about this shortly. Um, I'd like to wrap up by wishing all of you, thank you for joining us and wishing all of you and investors and everyone on the call here A happy holidays and a safe and successful new year. Thank you very much.
1: And this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.